My name is Athena Cabenu. I'm a stand-up comedian, writer, and podcaster. I'm also a parent, which is fantastic, but I'm also a parent to little children who can't talk. So to keep my sanity, every now and again, I invite someone round to keep... See, this is an example of the conversation <laughs> I've got to put up with. What is that? It's not... Use words. Use words. He's just, he's just smiling. Okay, so that's what I've got to put up with. So to deal with that, I invite a friend round to keep my company. So welcome to my virtual living room, Nika Yearwood. Hello. Hello oh, a word. That's that's a word. I can I can work with this. this <laughs> yeah, is great. Yeah. Hello is a word. How are you? Yeah, I'm great. I'm all right. Um I'm just chilling at the moment. I was meant to do some work because the wife got the kids as well. So I was here at home saying I'm gonna plow through all of this work that I got to do and what happened is social media took away my attention. So I it's got terrible. nothing done. Yeah. I'm a procra- are you a procrastinator? I am the master procrastinator. You can't be. I am. I am. It can't be the case. Yeah. I was actually watch. I watch What's videos in- about how not to procrastinate, but I'm actually procrastinating by watching those <laughs> videos. You know what I mean? But I, I tell myself, no, oh, okay, this is win. the video that is go- going to crack my bad habit, but it never does. So, yeah. Do you have strategies to make sure you get stuff done during the day? You know what? Um, I, you know Robin? Do I know Robin? Robin, I know a few Robins. Robin Perkins. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so she, I, I see her as a very productive person. And one day, one week I was having this terrible, this terrible lack of production and i was speaking to robin and she she got a system that is quite genius really so she does like like an x and o board for each um kind of thing so that when you do like three tasks in a row you feel a bit better you're like ah i you know so i've been trying to do that one rather than just having a a to-do list so when you get something done, you give yourself a circle, and when oh you yeah, so do, like you, you give an, yourself an X. You do you do like a grid. You do like a grid. So like, um, or she calls it like bingo, I guess. So mm-hmm. like you have a grid, right? So let's say it's a let's say it's a four by four matrix, and you would write the different tasks in each cell, right? So one might be say wash the dishes. Um, one might be um, do an outline. One might be, you know, sweep the yard, right? And you put those in there. So then you do a task and it gets you started. So you can have little tasks, big tasks and whatnot. But you pick off the little ones to get you going and you get a sense of accomplishment. So then if you get, get like a straight line, like, you know how you play X and O's and you get a straight line? Ah, that's three or four in a row. Then you give yourself a break or a treat or something like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's quite it's genius. Ge- it is genius, but I'm the kind of person that would do that for half a day and then it would just end up in the bin. Like, I'm <laughs> but I, I guess the thing is your rewards, you know? Yes. You, I, you, get, I, you give yourself a reward when you do it, yeah. But then I cheat with the rewards because I just sort of think, hang on a minute, I'm the enforcer here. I would need someone <laughs> to enforce it for me because yeah, I just yeah. walk into the kitchen and just get the crisps regardless of whether yeah, or not I've done, done my emails you, or not. I find, um, excuse me, I find the one that works for me is if you set a timer on your clock, on your phone or whatever, and you set it for 20 minutes mm-hmm. um, and you do 20 minutes of work, the alarm goes off and you go off and you do something random like clean clean the oven or, you know, some random procrastination crap. 
and then you come back and sit down for another 20 minutes, do your work, and then you go off. And that that works for me, especially because I've got a really short attention span. So actually, that's I think the, um, working short bursts. Bursts, yeah. That's the Pomodoro method, I think it's called. Is it? Oh, is that name, is that name for it? That's, yeah, that's yeah. why I've... Okay, yeah, it's got I a name. That's why I've heard Pomodoro of it. Have you tried it before? Like that. Yeah, I got, a, I got the app. It's like a little tomato, the logo, and you just, boop, <laughs> yeah, 20 minutes. But yeah, um, that don't really help me either. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what kind of things, um, like, so we've been, we've just had the one year anniversary of lockdown, um, which went really quickly, like so quick. Do you have, after a year, have you, do you look back and think, wow, I've achieved so much or, oh my God, a year's gone and comedy's still not back and it's horrible. I think, I think I am like, I could have done more. <laughs> I got this joke actually. Um, the joke is basically I can't even remember where it goes because I haven't told it in so long. It's that given, given the time that I used to complain, I didn't have. Oh, lockdown made me realize that given the time I used to complain, I didn't have that I still wouldn't be shit or something. <laughs> that I, <when laughs> I don't that, even like now we've got the time. Yeah, and we're not doing what we said we would do if we had the time. It's yeah, like we're exactly. Just like yeah. oh i would write that book if i had the time oh i would write that pilot if i had the time oh, i would learn spanish I, I would have abs yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and i got none yeah. i'm still at yeah. i'm still at dosa basis um but no i i did some stuff you know i've improved certain skills but yeah i could have done a lot more yeah i think we all could though but they also i we have excuses because we've got kids mm-hmm. Um, how yeah. how old are you? How old are yours now? Four and two. Oh, so you didn't have to do homeschooling as such. It's still oh. like, it's still like ABCs and like you know basic basic use the toilet that kind of stuff. Yeah, if I had to do homeschooling, I would have yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I would have ran away or some shit. I don't know. You can swear on this podcast. Sorry. You can you can swear. Yeah, the four month old is here, but he don't know. So oh, yeah, my bad. <laughs> no, he, he doesn't know. So what um. What was it like being at home with with two kids? Did you? Because I personally quite enjoyed being. At, I I made the most of being at home with like what was a one year old at the time. Because one year olds are quite fun. For me, and I get other guys say this as well. I think men find when the kids can do a little bit more talking and you can run around them with them a bit more. You find that a bit more enjoyable. I had some guys say that to me as well. So, like, for me, this age, especially with my son, is much, much better than, for me, in terms of it being enjoyable than when he was, like, you know, when he was, like, one and couldn't really walk around properly or say much or anything. But now he can proper run and I can take him to the park and he can get on his scooter and we can, you know, I can try and train him to be the next messy. That's a bit better. They can live out. You can live out your dreams through them yeah, now. Okay. When they're I can one, put my pressures really on him now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's so funny, you know, it's it's, it, I don't know. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say. I think that might be the same for everybody. Um, there's yeah. a lot of work involved in looking after a baby that is like, you know, there's a baby that can't talk and isn't very good at receiving information. It isn't learning in the way 
you know, you can teach. I can yeah, teach my two-year-old how to say please and thank you. And she'll say yeah. please and she'll say thank you. But when when she's six months, there's not there's development going on, but it's not teaching. So the function is really just feed them, eat them, feed them, change feed them. them don't them. <laughs> yeah, don't eat, don't eat your babies. Don't eat them. It's not we're not that it's not that bad yet. Feed yeah. them, change them, don't drop them, which is yeah. like you know fine, but it, it's not as mentally fun as now. My two-year-old's brilliant. Like she just screams the house down singing wheels on the bus which i find hilarious and you know it's 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 still funny to me when she poos her pants i just think mm. <laughs> her little i pooed my pants face there's nothing makes me laugh more no the other day i pick up the son from school and he comes out the door and you know like all the parents are standing around waiting for their kid he comes out and he goes daddy i did a poo poo in the potty like the first thing he says <laughs> in front of everybody <laughs> like he was so proud um I was going to ask about potty training, actually, because it's been a journey with my one. Like, mm. I I hadn't really anticipated how difficult it would be because you give these kids nappies and you say, just piss and shit whenever you want, however you want. And then all of a sudden you say, right, now do it in that. And it just blows their mind. Yeah. And it was, yeah, it was, we're, 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 at, the, we're at the home straight, straight now with her. Um, but there were some interesting moments where I was just like is this like we're supposed to be like the advanced species on this planet like, this, this doesn't <laughs> exactly. make any sense exactly <laughs> we're so far behind when it comes to yeah um but no like the other day I saw because he's he's two still right so he's supposed to call us to get him for us to wipe him you know yeah and the other day he was playing and whatnot and i go by the potty and i see some poo in the potty but there's no i didn't remember wiping him and i know my wife was upstairs she didn't wipe him and, <laughs> and there's no toilet paper in there so <laughs> so he he just did the poo and got out and was moving like normal and <laughs> and i was like i was like ruben did did mommy wipe you and he's like no and I was like, geez. So that that was a mess, man. That was a complete mess. He just oh, pulled up yeah. and gone. That's just that's not even skid marks, it's pebble dashing in the pants. It's yeah. like it's like they don't they really don't care. It's crazy. <laughs> my daughter does this thing where so she eventually what happens, I don't know if this happened with yours, but what happened was my daughter never cared if her nappy was wet. She never cared. She never cried or anything mm. like that. So it took her a long time to to learn that a wet or soiled nap pants were like a problem. So, but mm. by the time then, when she did learn there were a problem, she would say, say she pooped herself in bed. She would, like, oh my god, I pooped myself. It's disgusting. She then take her pants off in bed, and it was just, oh god, like I've never boiled wash sheets because of the environment. I've always done them on sixty degrees. When I say those sheets got ninety degree washes like five times over, it was like, <laughs> boiling these sheets, man. I don't care about the environment at this point. They've got more. Do you use regular? like supermarket nappies um no so we bought these things they're like um training pants but they're like pants made out of towels that's the only way i can describe them and they're great because had she done in in what she'd done in them in like normal pants we'd have to throw the pants away like there's just, there's no rescuing but they're so like you use the ones that are like reusable nappies they're reusable that yes that's like that's exactly they're basically reusable nappies reusable washable nappies but for training so mm -hmm. they will leak like mm -hmm. they're not supposed they're not designed to be super dry they will catch yeah. a bit of pee and they'll like catch a bit of poo 
um but you do have to keep an eye on them because they're not designed to like be run around them that's the whole point that the, the kids can feel if they you know they're supposed to oh feel yeah 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 like this is this is hold or yours um two uh two so two and a half the one that's been trained is two and a half it's been a saga but it's that's if it wasn't lockdown i wouldn't have done it but i thought well we're in lockdown you might as well probably train the girl because then when she goes back out to like you know nursery or whatever it's, at least that's one thing we won't have to worry about Listen, I got a feeling, right, that this generation of kids coming up, like, our hours are going to be so weird. Like, they're going to have less empathy, you know what I mean? Like, less social skills. They're going to be so strange and awkward. It's going to be, the, and when they go for jobs, that people look at their birthday and be like, oh, COVID generation. I don't know. Yeah, man. there's a I COVID know. baby. There's a COVID baby. But on the, actually, well, all, the, all the flip side can happen because this baby, like my daughter was mad, baby. she was a crazy baby. She just, she was really attached to me. And if I left the room, she burst into tears. She couldn't, um, I once left her with a childminder and the childminder called me and said, come back for your child. She had to stop crying for four hours. I can't mm-hmm. do this. So she was, yeah. she was nuts. This one is the most laid back, like happy, smiles all the time. I mean, he still does baby stuff, still gets ratty and whatever, but and he's really chilled and content. And I theorize that because he hasn't had to deal with loads of visitors, because I haven't dragged him around London like I dragged my daughter around. Because he's not had like lots of visitors and lots of people picking him up, he's been able to kind of like just be really comfortable and happy. And that's helped his like that's helped him somehow like with his like almost like with his like baby mental health. Does that make sense? Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah, almost yeah. made him the opposite of what you said. Like maybe he'll be really contented and sensible mm. and calm. So well, he's trying to. I think he's teething. He's got his fist all the way in his mouth. Come on, yeah. just take your mouth out. Um, but we, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, personality-wise, I guess, like, we have, like, completely, they're polar opposites, my kids. Like, my daughter, she's more, my son is the laid-back one. My son is just super chilled. Well, he's getting a bit whingy sometimes now, but he's just super chill. And then my daughter, she's kind of, like, not highly strong, but she's very, very, very particular. She has to have everything the way she wants it. You know, if you change the food or it looks a bit different to what she's normal to normal accustomed to having, she'd be like, I don't want that. Take it back. Do it the way you used to do it before kind of thing. And she's very particular, you know, whereas my son is very chilled. Which one is is taken after you, would you say? I would say... I'm probably my daughter because <laughs> oh, I'm very okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm very particular about certain things yeah like, I wouldn't have guessed them, having them sorted in a certain way but um okay. whereas my wife she is more she is more happy-go-lucky in certain things than I am I, oh. I can be quite anal when it comes to certain things so yeah what, what kind of things are you really particular about that other people might be like what's what's the big deal or like, um, in my room, even though it might look a mess, I don't want things rearranged. I don't want things because 
I keep telling my wife, don't touch my stuff. That's that's the biggest <laughs> argument that we ever have. Is always, don't touch my stuff. Please don't touch my stuff. And she would think, oh, this looks a complete mess. I have to tidy it. But to me, it's not a mess. <laughs> there's some, there's a method to the madness there. But she'd be like, she'd come in and rearrange things. And then I can't find it. And I'd be like, oh, I actually don't touch my stuff. But um, yeah okay it's like organized it's like organized um chaos yeah organized chaos and it's i don't know just i don't know what it is but i always was like that from kind of young like if someone came in and like you just slightly moved something i had on my counter or on my table it would it would just upset me (laughs) i would just get very very perturbed i don't know why but yeah do you have brothers and sisters yeah did they used to got, like wind you up all the time by doing that? Not really. More my mum again with like tidying. My mum would come in and she'd be like, in here is a mess. I can't stand it anymore. <laughs> and she would just start tidying, you know. Mums are the but, worst doing that. And I wonder if I'm going to be like that kind of person. I think I am. My mum used to throw out stuff that, <laughs> that I love. And <laughs> <laughs> she'd be like, oh, I thought that was garbage. You know? That's what parents do. Yeah. They don't understand the value of like things. I remember we had a chopper bike. You know what a chopper is? Like those old rally bikes. We had like a small wheel at the front and a big wheel at the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a really old one from the seventies, and it, like it was it was my older brother's, and we always had it, and we were always like, yeah, we're gonna fix it up, we're gonna fix it up, and we were saying this for like literally years, like we're gonna fix it up, we're we'll fix it. And although we came home and the bike wasn't there, and I've never. Yeah, that was a difficult day in the Cabenu household. <laughs> she was like, it's junk. You haven't fixed this up in, in years. We were getting rid of it. And we were like, well, we were going to fix it. We were going to paint it. It's worth money. Yeah. yeah, we were going to spray paint it. We were going to get new tires. <laughs> they know, yeah. I mean, I guess like they know, mummy knows best, right? Like she knew, she knew that bike was going to be there forever. <laughs> Have you traveled to like lots of other islands? Um... The one I've been to most was Martinique, to be honest. Like, because my mum was a French teacher and she used to take us there all the time. So, and I got family in Jamaica, so I've been to Jamaica as well. I've been Trinidad once. Um, but, and used to go like Venezuela quite a bit when I was younger. But mainly Martinique when I was growing up. Because my mum was, um... It's crazy. Like, now I think about it. My mom just used to send us on all these, like, exchange programs. Not, like, exchange, really, but you just go and stay at a French person's house. <laughs> and I, <laughs> in this day and age, I can't ever see my kid doing that. You know what I mean? Just sending my kid off to some random family. Like, right. I can't, it's just mad. So, she, yeah, she used to send us to go and stay at French families and in Martinique. So, yeah, mainly Martinique. And as I said, like, I got uncles and aunts in Jamaica, cousins in Jamaica. And did you learn to speak French for your mum's exchange? I was decent, you know. I was, I was, I was intermediate level, I would say. But I was like, you know, when I was 14, 15, 16, I was, I was, I got the prize for French at my school. When you do like your, when you do CXEs, I don't know. Are they like GCSEs? Caribbean Council examination. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, CXE, Caribbean Examination Council. And you do those at 16. Yeah. And I got the prize for outstanding work in French um, from my school. So, yeah, I was good. I was decent. But it's one of them things if you don't use it, you lose it. So, 
I could. Pro- I'm back to basics now. Oh, okay. Well, we could probably <laughs> speak in French. I've been doing Duolingo, and I'm on 290 days my streak, which is oh, a lot. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. But what it's done is it's made me really good at Duolingo. I can't actually speak French that well. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm just really good at doing the Duolingo bit games. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I kind of know the foundations and the theory. But if I like, I've tried to watch things on Netflix in like French with like subtitles, and mm. I'm like, I have no idea. This is just noise to me. Like yeah. I, <laughs> I can pick up like one or two words if I'm lucky. Um, the thing is man is immersion like you just gotta go go somewhere and live there for like four months four months and you know what's crazy like my sister she got a scholarship a business scholarship and she chose um brazil and all the classes were in portuguese and i was like what so she had to go and learn portuguese within like three months Wow. Yeah. To do like do a, a four year course. And yeah, she did it. Yeah. She did it. Wow, that's incredible. How old and that was it was a degree, so she would have been in like what her early twenties or late teens? She would have just done A levels. So that's A levels is yeah, when you're eighteen, nineteen. That's eighteen incredible. going nineteen. I have yeah. nothing but admiration for people who do that. Because actually people are bilingual. It's just it's really hard to learn a language and you have to work really hard at it that's what it is and like you said the immersion but yeah if you teach your kids early you know what i mean it becomes a lot lot easier so if you Mm. learned it at like three or four years old it becomes so much easier to you it's just as adults you know the neural pathways are a bit (laughs) a bit you know (laughs) a bit rusty and yeah oh yeah absolutely so how come your mum spoke fluent french or was and was able to teach it she was just in, I think from going to school and whatnot, she just fell in love with French for some reason. Oh, okay. I never, yeah. And it was just everything French. Um, so she would have, and she was always doing the, she was either bringing people from Martinique or Guadeloupe to the island. And she would organize these like amazing tours and whatnot. And, or then doing the reverse and taking a bunch of students out to these places. So that was just her thing. She just loved traveling and, yeah, French was her language, yeah. Yeah, that's really impressive. And, like, I've always wanted to go to the French Caribbean. I've mm. never I've never been. I've always wanted to oh, go to Guadeloupe. listen, like, stunning. Martinique is, for me, like, because some of the beaches are, like, wider and, like, the the water sometimes is... There was one beach in Martinique that just blew my mind. Like, just the length of it and the width of it is just, like, I've never seen that much of a beach before. Right. Because, like, beaches in Barbados, they are... They're kind of either, like... They're not as wide as that beach that I saw in Martinique. I've never seen a beach that wide in my life. <laughs> and like, I was just like, blown like a up. football pitch. Like. Yeah, yeah. It, it was just stretching. And I was like, what is this? And it was just amazing. But yeah, Martinique is great. And it just yeah. has a very, um, you know, it's got the, it's a French culture, but it's very, it's, it's just weird. It's like, you know, they eat like what? There's a lot of that. That's the first place I discovered Nutella because that's a big thing in in France and stuff like that. 
and I never had it like in Barbados and they would have croissants and they would they would eat a standard European continental breakfast but here they are in the Caribbean and I'm like you know it was just strange seeing it for yeah. the first time when I but, yeah but the French Caribbean is sort of famously like they want to stay attached to France right? yes like, yes yeah then sort of governance and the economy and all that stuff but that's also the way the, the way the French colonized was like that was the difference between them and the way the British and maybe Portuguese colonized they were like we will make you French and we will make French like the dominant culture and then similarly when you move to if you move to France you will be French like they don't believe in multiculturalism like as a kind of like as a policy so to speak so that's um yeah half of me feels like sad <laughs> that you have to go that, that if I went to Martinique, I'd have croissants for breakfast. I don't want croissants for breakfast. I want mango. <laughs> um, I want mango and purple. Yeah, yeah. You, I mean, you can still find some of them things. It was just <laughs> families I stay that they kind of ate like that. Yeah. You know, a lot of Nutella, a lot of croissants, a lot of you know croissants every day in the morning. French and nice. This beautiful place. Yeah. Okay. When the when the travel ban is gone, when the travel, when the travel, I've got a list of places I want to go to when they lift the travel ban. It's actually ridiculous. It's going to be very bad for the environment. Like the temperature <laughs> of the planet is going to go up five degrees yeah. We're not, because of all the people flying around everywhere. I think about you now every time I make roti, which is really funny because I just <laughs> think, oh yeah, man, I'm making roti and like you cannot get any. Yeah. No. There's. You know what. Like, I, I tell my wife all the time as well, is that if there was a Caribbean place, because we live in Tunbridge Wells now, if there was a Caribbean place down here, it would make a killing, like an absolute killing, because there's nothing down here like that that you can get. But yeah, I was asking you about the roadies because I was craving them, you know, mm-hmm. and Every now and again, when somebody comes in, they, they were bringing like Shafet rotis. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on a minute, like they're from Barbados. Yeah, they, they would do that sometimes. People do that. <laughs> so for people that know, Shafet is like a fast food restaurant in Barbados, but it yeah. like it sells rotis basically. How does it survive and it's the just journey? Like, it is like Shafet is just like I don't know what the people just love it like. Oh, I loved it when the, I was there. It was one of my favourite things. Because I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I don't really like fast food over here. Here, if you want to eat fast food, it's like, you know, chips, burgers, mm. McDonald's apple pies, right? So it's mm. like, I can have fast food and I can have a roti. This is mad. This is, this is like, this, this, I told you this is paradise, right? This has to be, this is where I will, I will come when I die. It has to be mm. the case. <laughs> but, um, you know, McDonald's went to Barbados back when I was like a teenager and whatnot. And it never survived. <laughs> McDonald's didn't make it um because we we weren't that much into burgers you know it's mainly you know we like rice and peas and chicken and stuff like that and yeah the menu the McDonald's menu didn't really appeal to Bajans so I think that's McDonald's a badge of pride that, that should that's on that should be on like the the the, the website for Barbados McDonald's <laughs> came and we told them to do one oh, yeah, <laughs> you know? for the first two weeks it was doing good business but after that people were like nah that's not for us it tastes like when when if we're really honest about not just McDonald's but all fast food if we're really honest it all it's all tasteless like mm. it doesn't taste of anything it's just kind of like greasy and it just yeah. it's quite good fast food for me is like good for when you're drunk yeah. you know i always remembered enjoying 
like a McDonald's or something when I was really, really drunk. Um, mm. That's but that if you have to be drunk to enjoy something, it means what you're doing probably isn't very good. Yeah, that's because legit. the drunk, the drunkenness cancels out the regret that you have. <laughs> <laughs> that's what's that's what's happening. You forget about it easier. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Yeah. I yeah. tell you one thing I love from the McDonald's menu though. I love a sausage and egg McMuffin meal. But I love that for some reason. That's like I used to get upset if I was when I used to work in an office. And, uh, you know, they would have it to like 9.30 or 10 or something. And if I missed that, I would get upset. You know what <laughs> I mean? It's just something quick to grab when you're running into the office. But this changed the menu so quickly, you know? Yeah, having said that, um, even though I was like, McDonald's is disgusting. Everyone has a favorite McDonald's thing that's their guilty pleasure. So mine's apple pie. Oh, Because okay. um, I don't eat meat anyway, so there's not much I can eat there other than chips. But I will, yeah. I will like... You know, before a gig, if there was a McDonald's and I had like an hour to kill, I would go into a McDonald's and eat an apple pie, uh, yeah. and be like, I'm not, I'm not even feel bad about it. Like a fried pie, <laughs> do you know, like a yeah. fried pie for a pound. This and yeah. it hits the spot, and it's a bit, and it gives you that sugar rush. So you have a bit of adrenaline before you get on mm. stage, a bit of energy, and it's quite like. And if I have like, and I, if you have, and their coffee tastes awful, right? But you have a coffee and apple pie, that kind of like that will keep you going until, until you know. Because you might not be leaving that the show until midnight, so you can have a coffee. I don't. I don't like to eat before a show, though. <clears throat> I don't like. I my my tummy gets a bit too wobbly. <laughs> I I would eat after the show. Yeah, I would. No, I don't mind. I wouldn't have a full meal. You know, sometimes you do some gigs and they like in the venue will be like, "Oh, do you want a meal?" And the meal, and the meal is always like burger because it's a, it's a, the venue's yeah. only sells stuff like that. So they'll be like burger and chips. I always say no to that, but I'll get like a side. You know what's great. Comedia in Brighton. All right. They do great. Um, because they do like vegan stuff. Yeah. And their menu's quite varied. And they do like that. What do you call it? The vegetable version of cauliflower wings. So it's cauliflower, but oh buffalo. You know what I mean? When they do cauliflower, but they do it buffalo style. Oh, so they like batter it and they fry it. It's uh yeah, but it's they do it with the buffalo sauce. Uh, what do they call it? I don't know. I don't know if they call it vegan cauliflower, um, vegan buffalo wings or whatever. But it's yeah, it's basically cauliflower with a buffalo sauce on it. Oh, great, delicious! And they that got is... something else on the menu that's great. That is like yeah, a non-meat option. Being, <laughs> being fed yeah. after a gig can sometimes be better than being paid. <laughs> like if it's like a yeah. really good meal, it could be like, yeah. yeah, this is actually this 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 is the cherry on the icing on the cake. The best bit is going on first and then getting your meal and watching the others. <laughs> yeah. that, that's the most yeah. Yeah. Just kick up and then watch everybody else struggle. And you can still leave early. That's yeah. the beauty. You can still leave at the halfway point and be like, yeah, yeah, bye. And you'll be home. Like you could be home well in time for news night or whatever, whatever it is you watch when you get home. Yeah. Is that, um, what do you, cause I was thinking about shows the other day and what I miss the most is kind of like, it's just going to sound weird, but like the rhythm of, of leaving the house, you know, getting a babysitter, leaving the house, like just, just having that physical function to my day, getting onto mm. a stage, holding the mic stand, and now it's like a vacuum, yeah. You know that's left. What is is there anything like particular that you miss about live stand up at the moment? I don't really, if I'm being honest, I don't really enjoy Zoom gigs. 
Yeah. So there are very select few that I would necessarily agree to. And also, I haven't written as much as I wanted to write. And I have this thing where I'm like, I'm not doing any of that old stuff when comedy starts back or if I go on a Zoom gig. Right? So I'm trying to get rid of all that old stuff, probably put some online or whatnot, but, you know, force myself to write a whole brand new 40 minutes or whatever. So that's what I want to do. The main thing I miss with stand-up is that that there's nothing beats that immediate response that you say something boom there's an immediate reaction immediate feedback and it's it's intoxicating it's just like boom i so i miss that you know like bantering with the crowds seeing that a joke works or fails immediately whereas zoom you know there's that delay and it just feels so it just feels so and not fake but you know it can't match live comedy so that's the main thing i guess yeah the timing on zoom gigs is horrible like yeah. you, you have to wait so long for the laughter it's yeah. just a really you have to really kind of get used to the rhythm of delivering jokes on zoom i miss banter um, too i miss banter loads yeah that immediate just picking on somebody and just having a back and forth and yeah i miss that i don't miss the travel because I, I live as i said i live in tambridge wells now so that going in on the train every day is a bit harder for me than when i used to live in london so yeah i kind of that's the one thing i don't like about it as much but you know it's got to be done but i get yeah. home kind of late so and then i'm my son wakes up at 4 a.m. every morning. <laughs> so, oh, so, <laughs> so I'm cool. getting home at I'm getting home at one and waking up at four as he jumps into bed. So See, <laughs> that's the Caribbean in him. That's a very Caribbean thing to get out of bed early. So he's always yeah. that's always, is so you, are you not a morning person? I, I kinda I am more like five AM it's probably six AM. Mm. Right? I would be awake, but I don't want to get out of bed. Yeah. I see I sleep on average like five five hours. Oh wow. Right? I do eight hours. I'm 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 not I'm an evening person. I'm not a morning person. I need minimum eight hours of sleep. Otherwise oh, yeah, it's, nah. I'm not happy. I'm not the day I get eight hours. hours, I would yeah. I'd be like, Wow. I actually gotta call the doctor to get my sleeping <laughs> pills now. Um I'm gonna call tomorrow. But you know, I I I get a bit trouble with sleep, but yeah, he just makes it even tougher because he's just like boom. I need to come in the bed, you know. Yeah, no, I'm blessed. These, I mean, we're all lucky to have kids anyway. But my two, um, particularly the older, one, particularly the older one, they sleep. So, and my older one as well. She, when she wakes up, well, when she was old enough, she would wake up, kind of run out of her room, come into our room, just get into our bed, which is mm. like fine by me. <laughs> I don't have to. I don't have to which oh, it was a problem when she pooed herself, but generally if she hadn't. <laughs> um, if she hadn't, it was like, I don't have to do anything. And she'd just be happy just to kind of just like, you know, play or lie down and we wouldn't have to do anything, which is like, that's... And now what she does is she gets herself out of bed and she either plays with her toys or she stays in her bed, hides under the mattress and sings. That's her thing. Um, mm-hmm. Again, all <laughs> fine by me because it doesn't yeah, need yeah, my yeah. involvement. Like I don't yeah. have to get involved until I have to. 
Um, so hopefully um, my son has the same has the same routine. It doesn't bother me anymore. You know what? I found a great trick. Um, <clears throat> when was it? Like two weeks ago. You know, like if I want to do something, get something done, I do a treasure hunt now with the kids. Oh. Let's say it's just me and them. So like we got all these superheroes. You got, you know, Black Panther, Captain America, Spider-Man, Hulk, you know, whatever. So then what I do is I say to them, all right, I'm going to hide these and you got to find them all and then bring them back to me and then you'll get a treat or you get blah, blah, blah. And you just hide them some really difficult places <laughs> and you get like 20 minutes to yourself. You know what I mean? You don't obviously hide all of them in difficult places, but, you know, you let them find Spider-Man easy and you, then you put Hulk somewhere a bit more tougher and then blah, blah, just to keep them motivated to keep looking. Yeah, you can get 20, 25 minutes a piece like that. That's, so that's genius. My... <laughs> yeah, that's my new thing. Yeah, just hide that's uh, genius. superheroes, yeah. But yeah, the thing about my daughter is, like, she's so, like, manic and naughty. If she would start looking in places like the oven, you know, like, she, you'd, have to, you'd have to think about, okay, well, we'd have to shut off everywhere in the house where she'd look in dangerous places and you'd just be left with, like, one room yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's the only thing and she's quite tall for her age so she can mm. reach everything um so it's it's just a one a one child destruction machine and the person she's going to destroy is herself <laughs> it's like that's yeah. what that's my job now my job is that you just stop her from destroying herself but yeah that sounds like a, i could i could make that work the thing is when, when i first had kids right I just used to look and it looks like kids are just trying to find ways to kill themselves. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? Like, that's what I used to think. Like, they would just go to the most dangerous thing and do the most ridiculous. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, how would you even find that to... to oh, like, they would... Listen, scissors, would... you know, one day I could put my daughter with scissors. I don't even know where you, like, I, we put these things away. Like, we, yeah. put them, we don't have these things around the house. And when I saw with them, I don't think of the feeling I had. I don't think I've had that feeling for all my life. I was just, I was, I couldn't, you know, like Quicksilver, mm. I couldn't get to her quicker. Like, I looked like Quicksilver. It was like, yeah. Get, yeah. give me those goddamn scissors. <laughs> Damn. Like, they were going to a room that you would think, okay, there's no health and safety issues in this room <laughs> there's no way they can hurt themselves and they would find a way to hurt themselves yeah and you just got to be like on guard all the time it's just crazy oh the other day so oh, sadly like because i've got like another child you do have to sometimes leave your toddler unsupervised like if you're mm. having a shower or whatever so what mm. i do when i'm doing that is i give her the ipad because she normally watches bluey or whatever you know pj masks or whatever right so i give mm. her the ipad sit on her chair she's got a little toddler chair and um and I give it the iPad and I go and have my shower or whatever I'm doing and then I could I suddenly hear like a crash and a just screaming and I'm like I just have to I run out of the shower because I could it's so loud you can it, a bathroom's quite acoustic right you can't you can't normally hear what's happening outside the bathroom when the shower's on I could hear this and I just again that feeling that awful feeling jump out the shower run you know run mm. into her bedroom she's put her chair onto the bed. And probably decided to like stand on it and sit in it. And then she's just fallen off that. And so I find her kind of like on the floor. And Is it a bunk bed or just it's a... It's just a normal bed, thank okay. God. 
Um, <laughs> and the, the, so the chair is on its side on the bed mm. and she's on the floor. So I can Jeez. I can ascertain that she's she's stood up, she's put the chair on the bed and decided to stand <laughs> on the chair. Like she's in, what, just like she's on Britain's Got Talent doing an audition yeah. for some trick. Insane. That's that's what I mean. It's not good enough to just fall off the bed. They're like, how can I make this more dangerous? <laughs> how can I increase the level of difficulty on <laughs> what I'm about to do? Well, yeah, I want to ask you one thing. Yeah, yeah, go on, go on. What do you think of this Ghanaian president and what he said to the Swiss lady? What did he say? Not- I've, I missed that. I missed this. I've- then he said that he's not sending any more cocoa beans to Switzerland. Good. Okay, I'm tired. This is this is my opinion. Okay, we often talk about things like Swiss, like Belgian chocolate, Swiss chocolate, Italian coffee. Yeah. Do they grow coffee in Italy? Do they grow chocolate in in Switzerland? Do they grow chocolate in in? We don't we don't grow they don't grow these things in Europe. Okay, right. so they they dine out on our produce and mm-hmm. they don't even give us credit or pay us appropriately for it. So yeah, that's what like him saying that in front of her. After she, she was talking about the special relationship, and then you see her face just drop. <laughs> like this man is a gangster. I don't know how long he will last, but um, I like it, man. I like it's, this guy's spirit. It's really it's about time that African. It's no there's no point in in the diaspora being woke. It's I mean there's a point to it, but in order for it to be really effective, it has to start coming from the continent. It has to. Mm. Um, so yeah. the more I, I mean he's not he's not a great president there's lots of things he's doing that aren't great but yeah. the more we hear even just he might not do anything but the more we hear stuff like that I think the better we it's about time yeah. we start to acknowledge the way European economies exploit 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 now the, the speech was good man because he was saying we're going to use our own resources to build our own I- industries rather than just sending all of our raw materials out you know, to Switzerland and Belgium and whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, so it, and was, I like... it was good to see him saying that in front of them as well. But you then, I... you know, these Europeans would come and assassinate him and put in a dumb president. <laughs> you know? Well, yeah. And that's the, well, you're right. And that's, that's a sad thing. Like, that's mm-hmm. not even a joke. That's like, exactly yeah, what yeah. they used to do. So, yeah. um, but it's it's an important conversation, but it, it, let let's start to have it because there's like there's no point with all this Black Lives Matter and all this wokeness and all these conversations we're having. Like, if this is how you get to the source of it and start to change what's structurally yeah. problematic about the way we run this planet, um, yeah. having the world leaders take it take it to the Europe. There's no point us doing having this conversation on Twitter. You know, like, <laughs> I've tweeted true. so much, nothing's changed. Yeah. So yeah, good good for him. He only got elected yeah, a couple yeah. months ago, so he's started. Yeah. He's that he set the tone for his presidency. Yeah. But I, I just wondering how long will this man last? How long? That's all I'm watching for. Because if yeah. something happened to him, he get he get COVID mysteriously. I can be like, look at this. <laughs> <laughs> he'll be he'll, yeah. He'll suddenly suddenly disappear. Yeah. You know yeah. what? What's great though I, that I share with because I th- I think it was you who um had first posted it. Is that book the divide? Yes, yes. That's J- such a uh, great Jason book. Hickle. Yeah, oh yeah. god, such yes, a brilliant. great book. And he breaks it down so easily and it's so accessible for everyone that I try and recommend that book to, you know, to to our oppressors <laughs> so they understand <laughs> a bit more why things are the way. Because he lays it out from the beginning, you know. 
how things started and what they did. Uh, you know, was, yeah. was it Chicago Business School when he was talking about capitalism and all this thing? Um, Keynesian economics and all that stuff. Yeah. And he breaks it down so clearly. And he talks steps. about debt and yeah. interest and loans. And the tax and all yeah. that stuff. And just yeah. about how countries were set up to fail. Like yeah. they were, not only does he quantify what was taken, like really kind of, and he shows his working out. So he quantifies what was yeah. taken, like not just in terms of, in terms of like lives and culture, yeah. but in terms yeah. of like the value of the resources. And then he talks about how, you know, the loan system and the debt system was is just designed to just make countries fail and yeah. to and to make certain countries prosper and he does it like so clearly i and I've, I've bought copies of that book for people to say it to them because i just yeah, it's such so a great. beneficial book um i don't want to take out any more of your time um yeah. and uh yeah so normally you i would have found a way to get you from tunbridge wells to to my part of north london and i would have given yeah. you fire plantain and and maybe i would have made you roti man i would have done i would have done you some roti and chickpea curry but the planting in the post <laughs> well, I'll do something better than that. Can you get? Um, no, that was a dumb question. You can get planted in Tunbridge Wells, right? Of course you can. What? I don't know where you're gonna get it from. You? Wow! You can't get planted. <laughs> um, not so, not not easily. Not. I um, don't know, man. I didn't, not didn't, the. Didn't you do your research before you moved? <laughs> we don't even have a Nando's song here. Um, it's mad. Um, I don't know what to say. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, I hope. I'm, I just feel I'm stunned. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you said you have to pick it up when you come down to work in London. Yeah. So the where we go and get fruit? No, there ain't no planting at the. Yeah. Oh. There ain't no planting. Like okay. That. Well, no. What? So in the absence of being able to visit my house, what I do is I give out a plantain voucher. Okay. So yeah. you have a plantain voucher. You can come around anytime, any time of day, any time of night, and say, <laughs> "Here's my voucher." Give me my fire plantain, okay? That's <laughs> yeah, for you. Yeah, yeah. And it's for all guests who have been on my podcast or my podcast virtually. Um, it, there's no terms and conditions. There's no actual voucher. You have to take my yeah. word for it. Um, Just have me back when you open back up, <laughs> and I want roti. <laughs> yeah. All right. Pretty, I, pretty. I always remember when me and you and Judy and you did roti, man. That was great. <laughs> all right. I'll put in your order. Um, yeah. you, well, you have put in your order right now, so it's 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 done. It is done, and it, <laughs> and it will be done. Um, Nico, this has been great. Thank you yeah. so much for keeping my company. No, thanks for having me. Thanks it's for having me. Been a pleasure. That was Nico Yearwood. Nico, thank you so much for joining me on my podcast. You're probably the person who I most want to have around because I know how much you're missing your roti. And, and I'm a feeder, you know, I'm Guyanese, I'm Indian, I'm Ghanaian, I'm a feeder and I'm dying to give you roti. So next time when lockdown ends and it's ending very soon, uh, you're coming around and I'm making you roti, I'm making you some chickpea curry and it's going down. So I look forward to it. Nico is brilliant. Please find him on Instagram, on Twitter. He's Neeksman, N-E-E-K-S-M-A-N, Neeksman on Instagram and Twitter the man's hilarious um, he's the resident MC of London Comedy Club top secret comedy and he just puts all his clips online and honestly if you if you like laughing then there's no reason not to follow this man this man is a comedy genius um, he studies his craft and he works hard and he's so so funny so please support what he does he is brilliant thank you Nico again I've been Athena Kablenu I'm a stand up Writer, broadcaster, blah, blah, blah. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, on Twitter and all these things. Come say hello. If you like the podcast, feel free to put a little comment to say how much you like it somewhere on whatever podcast platform you've got. Give it a review, give it a like, or even give it a share. Thank you for listening and we'll catch up next time. Bye.